0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cold Hard Truth Podcast. I'm Jack Smith. And I'm Anish Gupta. Anish, good to have you back. How's it going? It's been good. It's been good.
1: First week of college, pretty much in the books. Uh, I'm actually back home for the weekend. But uh, yeah, it's excited to come back here and uh, talk some football because I've missed it.
0: Yeah, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Uh, you know, a lot of new stuff today. Next week is going to be the big episodes. All three of us back on doing week one picks, preseason winners yeah. and losers, a whole bunch of great stuff. But today, just kind of a quicker episode going over some news that we've seen so far. Travis Etienne is out for the season, as well as the Jaguars have done just a lot of big things, including, you know, trading weight, Gardner Minshew, naming Trevor Lawrence. Uh, the week one starter, a whole bunch of other stuff. Some other QE battles have been decided, like Teddy Bridgewater being named the Broncos quarterback, Jameis Winston being named the Saints quarterback. We'll go over our opinions on those decisions and what we expect from those guys. Uh, and then the Ravens also got a little bit of news going on with the Sean Wade trade, the J.K. Dobbins injury. We'll dive into that and then round it out by talking about Sam Darnold's new role in the Panthers as a game manager and how he looked in the one half of football he got to play. This preseason. But before we get into any of that, Jadavion Clowney this week, each came out and he said that, uh, you know, they like going against the guards because they're not real athletes down there in the trenches. And so uh, I felt like we needed to start off this episode by, you know, defending guards and all offensive linemen a little bit because we talk about quarterbacks a lot, talk about the running backs, the receivers. We don't get to talk about the men in the trenches maybe as much as we should. And so I figured kind of got to use this time defend those guys a little bit because guards are athletes. It's yeah, it is. I mean, there's a different kind of athlete from the guy that runs a four to 40 to, you know, the guy who's just mauling people down in the trenches. So Jadivion clowning needs to shut up. Like, <laughs> first of all, he has three sacks in the past two seasons. Everyone has seen the video of him trying to do the drill with the tackling dummies and just completely falling over himself he needs to, he needs to stop talking. He needs to pay a little bit of respect to the guard position uh, because they are real athletes. They're just as much real athletes as he is. And so I figured we need to, you know, defend the guards a little bit. And I know you're a Browns fan. It's kind of mixed up with a lot of Brown stuff. So what do you think? I mean,
1: I think you said it pretty clearly, like guards are athletes too. In fact, we have two of the best guards in the national football league. So I'm going to defend those guys out there, Joel Batonio and Wyatt Teller. And again, I've always been a big offensive line guy. I always say it's one of the biggest parts to an offense. I think it's the second most uh, important thing for an offense. And honestly, the second most uh, important positions in football, like the left tackle, you know, even the guard position can be very uh, key. You see how Quinn Nelson can impact an offensive line like that. And I think for a guy like Jadavion Clowney to be saying something like that, it's uh, a little bit weird considering, like you said, he hasn't really shown out in his NFL career. I, I mean, he's had a couple of Pro Bowl seasons, but other than that, just hasn't been that game changing impact player that we expected coming out in 2014 from South Carolina. And uh, also, I don't want him to bring this type of buzz to Cleveland. We saw what happened a couple of years ago when Cleveland had a lot of you know heads watching us. So I don't like that part. And, you know, he's only been he's been the only guy to bring some type of buzz. Everyone else has been rather quiet. But yeah, I think other than that, I just don't want him to say anything. I want this team to keep it under the low. And I'm glad it didn't cause any locker room problems. I'm sure it just might have been an all fun and joke. But even then, even in that, I mean, you can't really say something like that, especially being in the National Football League. And there was a clip, I think Jack showed it. uh, I don't want to steal too much of your thunder, but if you want to take over, I mean, it was a clip of just Quentin Nelson mauling him. And I thought that was really funny. So
0: Yeah, I mean, you got guys like Quentin Nelson in the league who have physically just dominated Jadavion Clowney. And you've got in the (laughs) locker room, Wyatt Teller and Joel Batonio. So, like, how how do you go face those two guys? And I really hope that they put him on his ass in practice one day. (laughs) He definitely have. I want to see that because... Come on now guards are athletes. Dave Van needs to maybe focus on himself, getting on the field and making some, some real plays uh, and not focusing on the guards, but getting into more of the stuff from the episode we talked about, there's a lot of stuff going on with Jaguars right now. We'll start with maybe the biggest news of the week. Travis Etienne, the first round running back is out for the entire season with a list Frank injury. Um, and he's going to go into full recovery. He'll, he'll be ready for next season, but I, I, First of all, I'm not trying to make this sound like I'm happy Etienne is injured at all, or that I'm not focusing on that, but this is exactly what I've been saying all off season, probably for about the past year. This is why you don't draft the running back position early. This is why you don't invest too much stock in the running back position. And it just makes even less sense. Like we've talked about all off season when they had James Robinson, but with Travis Etienne out for the season, that gives James Robinson uh, a big boost. Fantasy owners definitely gives them a big boost, but it's kind of just a lot of dysfunction going around the Jaguars right now. And this injury only adds to it. Of course, still prayers up to Travis Etienne, but the Jaguars, uh, they kind of screwed up a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I believe it was pick 25, if I'm not mistaken. It was right after Najee went. I think it might have been a couple of picks after, but I was, I mean, like you, I was really shocked. I, I didn't know if it was to please T-Law because, I mean, we kind of didn't like T-Law, I don't think had even a say. He was just really happy that, you know, he got his college teammate back. But again, yeah, like I said, I mean, James Robinson had one of the best undrafted uh, rookie running back seasons of all time, like, you know, him. And I remember Philip Lindsay also, but, you know, he made the NFL top 100 for a reason, like his peers respected him. He's a good running back and, you know, for someone with a bright future, why do you go and get someone like Travis Etienne, are you trying to do a running back by committee, I just didn't think it made sense just because I thought James Robinson can handle those, uh, those three down roles, and for a first round pick in the NFL, it matters so much just because there is parity in, you know, different rounds of players being picked. I mean, not as much as maybe the NBA with like first and second rounders, but in the NFL, it does matter. I mean, you are considered a first round pick for a reason, whether, you know, it's how good you did in college or it's just, you know, what you could bring to a team. That's why, you know, they're so valuable in today's NFL. And a lot of players that may be good now aren't even worth a first round pick just because of the future that it could give you. So with pick 25, there could have been plenty of things that they could have gone with. They could have gotten another corner alongside C.J. Henderson. They could have gotten a good defensive player at linebacker. I mean, there was just a lot of things that the Jaguars could have done. And I'm just really confused with some of the other things they made. Uh, Some uh, of the other moves, like I don't think we mentioned it on the doc, but I mean, Joe Schobert for a sixth rounder. I mean, the guy had 147 tackles and three picks last year. That was honestly one of his best uh, statistical seasons. And again, as a Browns fan, I know how good he's been but to let him go also, you know, and get him for just the six. I mean, the Jags have been doing these questionable moves for the last two years, right. AJ Boye for the fourth, um, you know, just a lot of things. I mean, they've uh, let go of Malik Jackson, a lot of, you know, moves that I would thought not the best
0: and yeah. and uh, Ronnie Harrison to your Browns. Yeah.
1: Plus oh, yeah. The talks didn't about... even mention Ronnie, but yeah, yeah, I think
0: plus the talks about CJ Henderson being traded as well. It's,
1: It's a lot of turmoil, and I just don't get what they're trying to do because they've been in a rebuild, in my opinion, since the end of the 2018 season. Because obviously they made the AFC Championship, and then the year after they had some injuries. But they've been in a rebuild for quite some time now. And I think they've, instead of accelerated it, they've kind of uh, put themselves in an even further hole. And I just don't know what type of young talent that they fully believe in. The only guy that I think they've really invested in is Miles Jack. And other than that, I just haven't seen the Jags really, uh, you know, commit to any young guys. That's well, just, aside from T-Law, of course.
0: Well, and they didn't, I mean, realistically, they did not commit to T-Law. The entire offseason, up until a couple days ago, it was a complete quarterback battle with a guy who they took number one in the draft, who was supposed to be, the, you know, the, the next best thing in the NFL. And they were bringing Gardner Minshew, giving him first team reps, giving him preseason reps, and making it seem like there was a battle going on there. And then immediately when T-Law wins the job, they trade off Gardner Minshew. Like, what was the point? Why have him around? I think it's
1: just, again, it's so many questionable moves that, you know, the NFL community is just honestly unsure about. And that that was kind of what the Jags were going to bring in, especially with Urban Meyer, his first time being in the NFL. Uh, I think a lot of us saw this with like Chip Kelly with the Eagles. Like, this is another parallel that I can bring. He made a lot of weird moves, but I mean, it kind of worked for a year. And then, you know, after that, just didn't, you know, kind of pan out. So it will be really interesting to see. I mean, this Jacksonville team, it's got a lot of young talent. I mean, you can you can point players here and there all over the team. But as a collective unit, how are they going to perform? And then, you know, I don't want to take too much of Jack's topic. But, like, you know, I think in the preseason, they just, you know, there were, there were some times where I kind of questioned it. I watched uh, the Browns-Jags game. And, uh, their defense looked very, very questionable and especially their offense too. I mean, we were getting to, uh, getting pressure on T-Law pretty much the entire time he was there. And aside from that one pass to Marvin Jones, which obviously caught a lot of highlight, uh, from the media, but other than that, I mean, just wasn't really impressed by, you know, any of the, uh, Jags playmakers. So I'll pass it on to you, Jag. I mean, aside from the game against Dallas, that, uh, I think was either in the morning or yesterday. I can't remember. Kinda, but, I
0: think uh, it still might be going on. I think right might, yeah, I think it
1: still it. might be going on. But, I mean, I just yeah. caught a glimpse of that touchdown to Farrow Cooper and uh, the dime he had uh, over the seam. But, yeah, I'll let you continue it on. I mean, offense like, just hasn't gotten like, To
0: kind of round out that portion of what we're talking about, the Jaguars, I've got no problem with the rebuilding team trying to trade some of the players they have for value. Or if they're trying to, you know, make space for the young guys, move on from – other players like AJ Boye for value, but they they have not gotten any value for these guys that they've moved. And if you're the Jaguars, a team that realistically has not drafted super well in the late rounds, a sixth round pick that you're going to get for any of these guys, they're not hitting on these picks. Like they're not hitting on the sixth round picks. And just like we said, trading Gardner Minshew away, they didn't get anything for him either. So you waste Trevor Lawrence's snaps all preseason, all off season, to say that Gardner Minshew has a chance, and when he loses the job, you don't even have that guy as your backup. So a guy that you're giving first team reps to the entire offseason isn't even on the team now. Like, and 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 it wasn't even for a third or a second or a fourth <laughs> a sixth round pick. I mean, a if, pick. if I'm the Eagles, I'm really happy with that. I mean, like you get a, you get a
1: solid backup who's played in honestly, he's played a considerable amount of games in the NFL. Uh, I mean, this is just a not a good look for Jacksonville. It's just, I'm it's very, just a waste I'm very of time. Determined.
0: It's a waste of reps. And, like, I got no problem with pushing Trevor Lawrence, not just handing him the starting job, but they took it too far. And, and it makes no sense to trade Gardner Minshew after that. Have him as a backup who's has who has all this experience. So, say, Trevor Lawrence goes down in week three. He's got to miss a couple of weeks. Great. Gardner Minshew got all of these first-team reps. But now you're just going to ship him off for a six-round pick. I mean, I just – we've kind of all been echoing it for the entire offseason, season, Shrikar included. We have not liked what the Jaguars have been doing. Like it just, it does not and make what's sense. What's crazy
1: is I'm still, I was still high on them just because I thought T-Law could uplift them. And even to this day, I still think T-Law is going to get a couple wins, uh, you know, for this club, like that people just won't expect. Um, But again, just from, from top down, they're just very, very questionable. Like I, I wouldn't say it's like, you know, it's completely bad. And I wouldn't say they've, you know, done things that like oh my god it's going to make them so much worse but all I can say is just I'm puzzled like I'm confused on what they're trying to do and I mean that's kind of a bad thing just because the Jags are full of uncertainty and I think for someone of Trevor Lawrence's stature you know did you want to give him the full keys right away or did you not we're still kind of unsure with that just because of how you mentioned it too Gardner Minshew getting some of those first team snaps and we've talked about it too with how quarterbacks I actually wanted to come on the pod and say this I think aside from Mac Jones, I haven't seen enough from any of the five or well, or sorry, any of the four others to where I'm like, okay, they should for sure start maybe Justin Fields, but start starting right away. I don't think they should start right away. I don't think any of them, even Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, even Zach Wilson, I think he's looked good, but I just don't know, you know, for a rookie quarterback to really get right in there, especially with the team around him. I just, if it looks bad, confidence is a big thing and we've seen it. I mean, if they if their confidence gets shaken early on, it's pretty scary. It's a big thing I'm saying. But honestly, aside from Mac Jones, I don't think any of the four others are ready to start right away week one, I'd say give him a couple weeks. Zach Wilson, I'd say is number two. I and I was I told uh, I mean, obviously, if you've seen the video with Zach and Justin Fields, I'm high on both. But I think Zach is a little bit better. And even with the preseason, I know this kind of switched to the Jets. But I just don't think uh, week one, he'd be ready. I think give him a couple of weeks before he could really show up.
0: Well, they don't have anyone anyway. So yeah, that's the problem. That's
1: stuck. that is the problem. Like, I think that's the problem with some of these teams with, you know, Jacksonville, New York. And that's why it's hard for a rookie quarterback to go to a bad team like this, but they always get picked early, right? Like picks one and two. That's just how it works. And that's why you see like, for example, Winston and Mariota, they just couldn't really succeed because of where they went.
0: Yeah. I disagree with you on the, on the idea that Zach Wilson isn't ready to start week I, one. I, Maybe it's because I'm a little bit more tuned into jets camp. He's been super mature, uh, his interviews are amazing. aside from the holdout
1: aside from the holdout he's in well I
0: no I, I don't think that was I think people made that a bigger deal than it really was I really think that them him and the Jets were figuring that out but his answers to questions his his reasoning behind uh, I'll give you that yeah things, he, did, he does sound right so yeah like he threw some picks in practice but he he literally came out and said someone asked him about it they were saying what you know what's your thought process behind that and he said if he'd like if he comes out and throws picks in practice, he knows what he can't get away with. I mean, it's it's Mahomes did the exact same thing. He's, when he he's was, a gunslinger. It's just yeah. how it's just how it was in BYU. Too. But I he's, he's finding that. his limits, and that's super yeah. smart because it, that you can in practice. If you go out in the NFL and you don't know what your limits are, you're gonna throw picks that actually matter. But in practice, it doesn't matter. Like Mahomes, just the say same thing. More ready than Darnell was, and uh, so 15. I think. I think they were probably maybe the same amount of ready or, or Wilson might be a little less, but there's two diff. There's two differences. There was, a, there were, you know, good backup options behind Darnold and Teddy B. Um, there's really none right now behind, behind Wilson, but also I think the team is a lot better and the offense is a lot better. And the coaching is a lot better with Wilson. So yeah, like, I think, we're, we're talking about Tre- like people talk about Trevor Lawrence, like, oh, is is he going to let the Jaguars down? N- no, I think the question should be whether the Jaguars are going to let, let him down. Him down. I, yeah. I believe and I, I'll say this forever that the Jets let Sam Darnold down by not having <laughs> you know, a good enough team around him, good enough coaches around him. I don't think that Zach Wilson has those same issues. I think the offensive line is much better. Um, I They've got a lot more depth too. what you're, you're talking about. Morgan Moses potentially being a backup at right tackle like your swing tackle. That's pretty damn good. Um, you got Elijah Moore. You have Corey Davis, Denzel Mims. Oh, there's a lot of depth. That Wilson covered. and Davis connection, I'm actually excited. Not even that. mentioning Jameson Crowder. You've got some decent options at tight end. You've got depth at running back with Ty Johnson, Tevin Coleman, Michael Carter as a rookie. And overall, having LaFleur and Sala there, I just feel like Wilson is in a more secure spot. Oh, yeah. So I feel like I he might that. not be more ready than Darnold was, but I do think that the results are going to be better just because it's, it's I think he's more, more
1: suited situation. to start than I. I actually think he's more suited to start than Sam Darnold was back in twenty eighteen. And I think I think honestly, out of every quarterback like so far for the Jets that could have, t- I think Zach Wilson's been the best fit. Just because, and I think he would have been and is the best fit for the New York Jets. I don't. Yeah, player.
0: I think I think he would have been a better fit than uh than Justin Fields. I don't I, think Trey Lance would have been, been as good of a okay. fit. Um. Yeah, I honestly feel like maybe outside of Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson is probably the best fit. Yeah, and I feel like honestly, the way we're seeing right now, we were like, oh, you know, to the Niners go with Mac Jones or Trey Lance or Justin Fields? Like we didn't know. I feel like I can confidently say all five quarterbacks ended up where they were supposed to be. I like I feel so. like they're I in
1: their know, best. Because you're right. Because I mean, Trey, who I've said is honestly the mo- the least ready and the needs the most time, he's in the best place to get the you know. Get
0: yep. time to learn. So, like, I feel I like do, I outside feel of like, Trevor I'm, Lawrence, who like he probably would have fit anywhere. And honestly, the I would say the Jags like aren't really. The Jags are the only anyone. team that
1: he could have gone to. I I don't I just don't think any any of these quarterbacks would have could do anything in Jacksonville.
0: I, I don't yeah. know. It's, like it's I would I hard. would be saying no matter who's in Jacksonville, you know I don't know how how that Jags uniform's looking on. I don't know how that offense. Like I'd probably say about everyone else, but Zach Wilson's found a great spot. He's able to move around. He's able to hit receivers underneath and go deep and make throws on the run. Trey Lance has all the time in the world. Eventually, when he needs it, he's gonna be able to run. He's gonna be able to throw. He's got good options at tight end and and running back to check down. I mean, he's got the athletic receivers like Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. Justin Fields, I feel like is the Bears are an amazing fit. I wouldn't. Oh, it was it's amazing i'm mean, like looking I at it now in
1: the preseason it looks really good just how he's able to escape out the pocket his offensive line's honestly been helping him a decent amount
0: and, and watching the way he plays i honestly don't think he would have fit with the broncos who were like the main team that passed on him yeah and so and then mac jones back to new i'm so like
1: that i mean i wish we could have our own segment on. i'm so happy about that that was like that was I mean match made in heaven? I mean, in my scouting report too, I wanted him to go to New England so bad. And I I can't believe it happened. They just felt he just fell into their lap. And you're seeing it now how good he is, but I think Cam's gonna get the starting job. I mean, I know we didn't even have that on our topic bank, but um I'm glad Max in New England. But yeah, I, I you would think be good you like think Cam now. starts think, though. Huh? You think no, Cam starts? Start. Cam's Cam's gonna start.
0: No, I'm that's what I'm saying. You think Cam starts. Uh, I said, I said the other week I came out with a quote that I, I think Mac Jones will start. And I think that with this, with the new COVID mix-up, true to yeah, the, the COVID mix-up definitely throws some, but you never know with Bill Belichick. I,
1: I, I mean, he'll probably name it like two days before and he's already given first team reps to like the quarterback that he's wanted. Just, we just really don't know with him. I, I just <laughs> like, think he's so good, but the allure
0: just, of having Tom Brady light back with the Patriots, like in Mac Jones I think it makes too he's much sense. Sensational.
1: I would say I'd say it's been Mac one, Zach two, Justin three, uh, T-Law four. And then uh, I've
0: got to, I've got to dig back. I've got to dig into Fields' game from yesterday. I haven't got a chance to watch it yet. Um, I think he's I would have said like Mac and Zach kind of tied for one, Justin Fields two. Tre- Trevor Lawrence today with what I've seen stat wise, I'm sure he's jumped his way above Trey Lance, but like they've all been, good for what i've expected i like, i've not been happy with trey if i'm being real seriously
1: um, i have not mm. and i mean i i came out with the video on it like obviously i know he's gonna he's gonna need some time but from what i've seen and from how much he's been hyped up in camp to
0: to produce that aside from a couple throws yeah I mean, that's the uh, thing Like, I, i'm not paying attention to the hype I, He's he's where i'm expecting him to be like this is 100%. what i've expected so like i'm not disappointed whatsoever that's why you and I are like the only objective viewers on trail lines that I was surprised Stringer, Yeah, yeah
1: also. Yeah. I, I think us three, we've been pretty objective on trail lines, which is why we're not so shocked. Yeah. And which is why we're like, Oh, okay, this is what we
0: expected. But uh, Niner fans on the other hand, <laughs> some of them for sure. Some, um, some other QB battles were decided to uh, Tr- uh, Teddy Bridgewater starting with the Broncos, Jameis Winston starting for the saints. What are your opinions on uh, those two? I think for the Broncos, I actually saw like a couple of videos on it. I think Drew Locke, he's looked a
1: lot more mature. I mean, first to start off with him, he looked a lot more mature. And he had a couple that first preseason game. I think he had like two like like deep completions. I think yep. one of them was to the KJ Handler. I remember he had like an average of like 30 yards per attempt for a solid like portion of the uh, half he played. Uh, but I think Teddy Two Gloves just again, we saw a throw to Cortland Sutton the other day. That was just sensational. I think he's just a little bit more. Um, poised and less prone to make mistakes. Yeah. That's Teddy B. And I, honestly, for the Denver team with the good defense and good supporting cast, right, you've got Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, uh, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, and then you got running backs Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. Uh, even the tight ends are pretty solid with Noah Fant. And that offensive line is uh, pretty good led by Garrett Bowles. You just need someone who can manage the game and won't have many turnovers. And we've seen Teddy B do it with New Orleans. Obviously, in Carolina, he had a subpar year, uh, but I think if he just really homes in and doesn't make mistakes, I think this Denver team could be really, really solid, uh, especially with that defense. So he just needs, to, I think that's why they went with him just because he's less prone to make mistakes. That's just my opinion on it.
0: Yeah. So I think yeah, I think you're right. Like totally, Teddy Bridgewater was the safer option. And yes, bringing like all all the things you mentioned with the pieces on offense and the good defense, having that safer option, they'll be solid. And solid will beat teams like the Raiders. Solid will beat teams like we've already talked about the Jets or the Jaguars <laughs> or like th- things like that. But I, I don't think solid will beat the Chiefs. I don't mm-hmm. think solid's going to beat the Chargers. To be honest, like maybe outside of Denver for sure. I don't think solid's going to beat the Chargers. And yeah, Drew Lock. If you started him, he'll probably have those weeks where he's going to lose that game to the Raiders because of the mistakes he's making. But he, there's the upside there, and I figure, honestly, since he's got experience too, you start with the upside, and if he's making mistakes, then you bring in the solid, down to earth.
1: I think that's I think- a little bit. I mean, I mean, I guess you could say because you could kind of throw a similar parallel with the Titans because you know Mariota had the upside, Tannehill was kind of the down the earth, down to earth, less prone to make mistakes. And I think it kind of just happened that way. Right. You're you saw that Mariota just couldn't win you those type of games. And then you kind of put in Tannehill and he takes off. So something like that, but I, it's tough to say, I mean, you, you're right because I was also going to throw out the fact that Teddy B is new to this whole system and yep. Drew Locke's kind of been under it for a couple of years now. So I, it's really tough. I just think right now you would want, maybe want to see like, you know, how he could do with, you know, less mistakes and also Drew Locke. Right. Cause if he, if, if, you learn, if you lose games early on, it's very in the NFL, it's very hard to climb out of it. And I think Teddy B right now, as of right now, gives you a better chance to win than Drew Locke. You're right. Drew Locke has that upside. But I think right now, I would say Teddy B. Just He's also looked really good in preseason, too. Like, we can't deny that. Um, but, yeah, that's what I would say. But you're right. Like, I think that, that's why this this quarterback controversy in general or this QB battle, it's so neck and neck that it's just really hard to, like, are you banking on upside or are you banking on the floor? And I think you and I are kind of differing on that. You're just banking on upside. i banking. No. So
0: I think I think the Broncos probably think that their floor with Teddy Bridgewater is playoff contention, and I think their floor with Drew Locke is you know top maybe huh yeah top, top ten, ten pick. Ten. So like I I understand they're making the safer decision, but in a division with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and Justin Herbert and the Chargers, like safe, I just don't like it. I. Yeah like what's also, the worst thing that happened last
1: year to prove it for drew lock and you don't really want him to be your backup considering what you you invested a lot of into him so yeah. and he's played 18 games so i i get what you're coming from and like it's
0: easy it's if started. drew lock isn't if drew lock isn't playing well you bench him and you play teddy bridgewater for the rest of the year and you've still got that good floor but if you start teddy bridgewater like it's so much of a harder decision to bench a safer quarterback because like at what point do you bench him is it you're benching it because they aren't making the explosive throws. That's a tough decision to make. Like that's a tough trigger to pull. It's not as, it's not as black and white as, Oh my God, you just threw two picks. Teddy's coming in. Like it's, and you want, and you can wind up a couple of games down the road, you're five and four and your season's kind of slipping away because you can't pull away in games or you can't win the big games or make the big plays. And you know what? Maybe the Broncos know more than we do for sure about like, what their plans are for Teddy B or what they've seen in training camp. But I think no one can dispute the fact Drew Locke has more upside and in the division that they're in and at the state they're in, I, I really think that the Broncos kind of need to bank on that upside. And then figure it's it also, out if it But it's
1: do also it. like, where, where are they right now? Like, wait, cause you're right. Like when you were trying to say like, what could Teddy B give you and what can Drew Locke give you? I think the Broncos kind of know that they're, they're third right now. Like I think if there was, there's kind of a clear cut, right. Ranking in the AFC West it's chiefs one chargers two and then broncos three raiders right but i think like i love the chargers but the broncos could push they could that's why i'm saying the gap between two and three is not far so i think that's why you're right you could bang on the upside in terms of you know getting over the chargers but i think denver's kind of decided that drew lock isn't their franchise guy with this move i think they're like they've kind of said like okay as of right now drew lock can't can't be, he's not worthy of a second extension,
0: which makes that which makes passing up on Justin Fields look even worse.
1: Yeah. And I think time will tell with the season that that the season will really be a true indicator of that
0: and just of yes. how Fields looks and how the Broncos look without him. I think yeah. that and so, like, I guess, or I get making the safer decision is there's a lure to that and they're trying to maintain where they are but like they're not going to have von miller forever they're gonna yeah. lose some of these pieces justin simmons is already like i think 30 31. they're losing pieces and it's it's not like they're an up-and-coming rebuilding team they're right in that middle so like their window i would say is closing more than opening up as the future goes on and i'm not a big drew lock fan I, like I've, i have not been a drew lock fan. i don't think he's built to be a successful nfl quarterback but again there's something there and i fe- i feel like it's better he's to add flashes like <laughs> the <yeah>. magic word <laughs> yeah that's your, that, that right. is your magic word but yeah. so- you, you you start drew in my opinion you start drew lock if the flashes aren't there if he's not getting it done you put in teddy bridgewater for the rest of the way if you put in teddy b you are admitting that drew Locke is not the guy and you are,
1: you are, that's, that's, I think the move that they're making, that's the move that they sent. And I'm person. that's why I'm,
0: I'm not that mad at it because I kind of agree with them. No, I do. As- but like, yeah. I just feel like, I feel like you, you kind of got to flip it the other way because you let him start. If he doesn't work, you know, he's not the franchise guy. I think as much as I've said, you know, I'm not a big fan of Drew Locke. I don't think he can get it done. I don't know yet whether he's not the franchise guy there a, a couple, if you give him three weeks, we'd be able to know, Yes, he's had, yeah, you're right. There's been injuries all over the team. And I think he's he himself, there have
1: been times where he's not been 100 percent too. So uh, it's it's a it's a tough one with with Denver. But I think the next one with the Saints is yeah. a little bit easier. That's I was <laughs> it's excited. a way easier one to talk about. I mean, both both of us ironically, is not here. I'll kind of start it off with Winston being named their starter. Both of us are high on Winston, yep. is a little bit low. No, so, he's he's still high on Winston. I thought he said that they wouldn't have they would go under on the wins
0: because of him. I don't I don't quite remember, but I, I think thought it, I he's thought we were around. higher. on
1: both of us. I know are big believers in Jameis Winston, and I think Jack put up a video of him saying that Jameis should be the starter back in January, and uh, I completely agreed. I think he um, he's looked so good. i I think I've always been high on Jameis Winston, even that year he went thirty and third. He had like thirty six touchdowns and thirty interceptions. Yeah. I was like okay like there there's still some upside there just because mm-hmm. of what he was able to do like there were some games where he just have an insane game-winning drive there'd be some games like against the Panthers he'd throw five picks but yeah. like here with New Orleans he looks so much more poised like it, it's it's like it's un, it's it's like insane to see how different he is maybe it's the lazy eye surgery I don't know but like well yeah
0: and did you see the like the warm-up he was doing with his hand-eye coordination and like with the little like hey, yeah, yeah. Ball, like He's dedicated, I mean, man. That's he's what i say. He's
1: really put in the work. Like, even that offseason before last year, there were clips of him doing, like, some insane workouts. Everyone was like, oh, but he's not starting. I mean, he's been patient with his time, and he really deserves this. Like, the, those throws to uh, Marquise Callaway, wh- like, those were insane. Like, the, the, I'm still, like, trying to comprehend how, you know, the one where he's falling in the end zone. Yep. Kept, I'm still trying to question. Like, that. that's genuinely one of the best throws I have ever seen. Like, yeah. To put it in that spot, and the second one, obviously the one hander, that was insane too. Like he's looked really good, and I'm so glad that he's getting his chance. And I think Saints fans should be so excited because this team can genuinely make it, uh, make some noise. Like they could make some noise with Tampa Bay. They could honestly play anybody with Jameis Winston right now. I think they can go toe to toe with anybody. And you can quote me on that. I, I'm seeing him these last few weeks has made me really high on New Orleans. I, despite MT and the whole thing. Winston's looked really good. And I'm so yes. glad he's getting the starting job.
0: That's my Yeah, opinion. and like I was of the belief that when he was learning under Drew Brees and Sean Payton last year, I I would not be surprised if there was a time last year where Jameis Winston in practice or just Jameis Winston in general was looking better than Drew Brees. And he probably could have gone out and done a better job than oh, Drew Brees in some games. There was no he chance. The, there was... the divisional round, he could have, honestly, could have put up a better fight. Yeah. And there was no chance that was ever going to happen. But I, I kind of figured like with the surgery and with all the dedication he's putting in and just learning behind behind Drew Brees and behind Sean Payton, who has a completely different mindset than Bruce Arians did in Tampa Bay. Like I, I was really believing in Jameis Winston. So I'm super happy to see that he's gonna get to start um this year. And yeah, he had 30 interceptions that one year. But another thing that people like kind of forget to bring up is so many of those interceptions were in times where like he had to force it like a fourth and like fourth down end of game. Like you're going, you need a touchdown took, or you a need to of just them go for it.
1: Passes, people don't realize a
0: lot of them were. Yeah. Like, of course there were the bad reads and the, the bad throws, but oh, it wasn't 30 terrible interceptions. It wasn't. So I'm really excited to see, and I've been high on him all season. I, I don't remember the exact hot take I had, but I don't remember if I've already said this either. Um, I, I really do think James Winston can make the pro bowl this year. Like I, I that was kind of yeah. like one of my bolder takes. Mm-hmm. I really I think James Winston could, and I think he can take this Saints team to the playoffs. I think he's much better than Taysom Hill. And I think that Sean Payton and the Saints realized if Taysom Hill is their starting quarterback for the season, they lose so much versatility in their offense. So it makes much more sense to just go with Jameis, 100%. take the upside hey, you know what's play.
1: Another one? I'll, I'll, I'll one-up you on that. If the, oh, yeah? Saints, if the Saints somehow take the division and they make, like, if they were to, like, get, you know, maybe the one or two seed, I could see Jameis Winston getting MVP votes. Like, I genuinely could. If they go that, if, they, if he goes this, like, if he's able to produce this much obviously that it's going to be weird without, um, Michael Thomas and all that. I'll one up you and say that, but obviously I'm not going to like double down on it. No, but I think, I don't think they're going to take the division from the bucks. Like, yeah, I don't think so either. Like I wouldn't bet any on that, but like this team considering the talent they still have around them, the fact that they were able to keep everybody, they still have their core right with Sean Payton. They obviously have Kamara. They have their offensive line still pretty much intact. They re-signed the two tackles that they needed to. They have their defensive playmakers that are still there. Lattimore, um, obviously cam jordan is still there i this saints team still looks really good on paper yep. and now you add another element you add that deep ball you finally add that uh you know the kind of the the throwing deep part of the whole offense because you know despite you know teams would kind of crowd the box because they knew yep. he was either going to Kamara inside in between the tackles or just maybe an angle route uh you know on a short passing player through the flat like Teams would kind of uh, space in with uh, with the Saints. And another thing, the Bucks were able to kind of utilize that in the playoffs just because they had Devin White and Levante David who could kind of cover both sidelines. Now you open up the playbook in so many different ways because now they might have to run cover three to prevent post routes down the field. And that allows for inside routes to get a lot more open. So that's a little bit more of technical terms to kind of explain how the Saints can be a lot better this year. But Jameis Winston opens up a lot of
0: opportunities and I'm very happy that he's getting the starting job. Yeah, I mean, if if and if he can limit... The bad plays, he's he's he can be as good as anyone in the league, like it's it's a considerable if, but I think that it's that like whole factor has
1: kind of been diminished ever since that 30 30 season,
0: yeah. And and he's not gonna, it's he needed those big plays in Tampa Bay to get wins, he's not gonna need that as much, um, in in New Orleans. So if he plays a little bit safer, and I think he will, and I think he has learned a lot, I'll, I'll bet you he's learned a lot playing with the saints i really i'm i'm a big believer in Jameis winston this season i think he he's kind of one of those backed by the cold hard truth players this season yeah. <laughs> so watch out for Jameis winston super excited let's just to see. knock
1: on wood we don't jinx him oh yeah like, yeah
0: yeah sorry Jameis, uh if, yeah. if this doesn't work if we out, do
1: that would really suck <laughs> that
0: would yeah that would suck oh man it's okay but uh moving on uh the ravens uh have had a lot of stuff going on first of all it literally pains me to see jk dobbin's hurt one of the players i was most excited for this year one of the players i was highest on this year i was trying to take him in every fantasy mock draft or draft i did I ended up taking him i'm i'm at least grateful i handcuffed him with gus edwards but out for the season torn acl on preseason week 3 a screen pass <sighs> i when are people first of all when are coaches going to learn take your players off the field uh, like but the so,
1: I I think that's a debate that's going to continue on for the next like considerable amount of years. Because for, for one, they took out one preseason game because of that whole debate that's been lingering on. Two, it's so hard because you need to give your starters some time, like a little bit. And I think everyone kind of points out the last game is when you do it. Maybe give them a drive or two. And I think that debate is just going to span on for the next you know few years because it's it's so hard to kind of really give a definitive answer because I could still defend and say like, no, Dobbins still should have been out there to get some reps before the actual season starts because you don't want his legs to be too fresh to where he's getting tackled and it could cause an injury in week one. So there's, there's so many things about that, that it's just, it's so uncertain to really say and make a definitive statement like, Oh, he shouldn't have been out there. I th- I just think it was very unfortunate. And obviously, you know, I grew up watching him at Ohio state. I, he's one of my favorite backs to come out of there. So it really sucks. But it's hard to really say that he shouldn't have been out there. That's like, my I, I
0: just think like, especially for running back, like you can get the same experience in training camp with, with your teammates. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, I just think to
1: see, that's why like the whole, I don't know. Right. What do you have to say at the end? Like, it's just so tough to really say
0: what I just, maybe there's some, player. like there's some positions where it works. Well, there's some positions where I understand it. Let the, the receiver go out there, run a couple routes, is- let the quarterback go out there and make a couple throws. Like, I don't know. I like, it's. it's tough, you're right. Yeah. You're no. You're right that you have to give him something. But I think there's some positions, especially a position like running back, where you're so easily injured. Uh, you're already getting a lot of wear and tear on your legs, and he's been in the system for a I, year I just now.
1: But even in camp, right? They're still not going 100 on. It. Like then, they,
0: then go 100 in camp, and then don't give them those as many preseason. No injuries
1: could be caused by your own teammates and that that causes a little bit of concern if someone's injuring your own team that's uh, that's a little bit bad and that's why I think we've seen limited training camp injuries in the last couple of years just because I think they've they've had these joint practices and you know that's why you're getting a little bit of those better reps in terms of that so I think yeah joint practices have been good because of things like that that way you're like going a little bit harder in those rather than against your own team but still, I, I still defend the fact that you should play him a couple drives. And I know there's that risk. Which And it was off a screen pass too. It wasn't even like an in-between-the-tackles yeah. run, which really sucks. I think it's just really unfortunate. Like, I, I mean, something like that is very, very rare to happen. You know, with just like group tackle on something like that. But, yeah, I mean, obviously. And the news literally just came out right before we recorded this uh, that they confirmed it was a torn ACL. So that just, I mean, all I can say is it really sucks. But I think from the Ravens' perspective, like you kind of want to go deeper lens here, because obviously Dobbins was a second year back who had insane flashes last year, especially against the Bengals to end the season. Um, But from the Ravens' perspective, their offense, all their top four receivers are hurt. Uh, Hollywood Brown, uh, Bateman, uh, Miles Boykin, and I'm forgetting the the third, Sammy Watkins, all their top four are all hurt. Like they have some type of injury right now. They're all questionable heading into week one um
0: also mark andrews has had some issues in training mark
1: andrews too and now dobbins like this is this a little bit concerning like who is lamar going to throw to in the coming weeks um which you know if i'm a ravens fan i'm a little bit concerned not too much because none of these injuries aside from dobbins is like long term uh but you know the ravens have been getting by the injury bug and people really haven't taken notice just because the colts have been hit by it so much and i think they've overshadowed a lot of these other teams but if I'm a Ravens fan, I'm a little bit concerned, uh, especially with this Dobbins injury too, that hurts because of the upside that he brings. Like Gus Edwards is a good running back and we've seen him, you know, do well in the Ravens system. Uh, but Dobbins was that guy that brought, you know, this X factor, or this kind of like this it factor to this offense. And you're going to kind of lose that. That's yeah. big like
0: Edwards can get it done, but I think Dobbins could have like got it done. And then some, percent. Oh, um, it, it's just crushing. Um, but the bigger news are, uh, I guess, just as big news for the Ravens, um, they traded a rookie. Like you never see that happen, and a rookie who had been excelling in preseason, another one of your Ohio State Buckeyes, Sean Wade, had been looking great for the Ravens in the secondary. But because of how many talented players they have in the secondary, they knew that he wasn't going to be able to make the team, so they traded him to the Patriots. Like that, you never see that a rookie. And is- to the
1: Patriots, like that's that's an AFC rival. Like that, I think and that's, that's a, not
0: even being. Talked and that's about a team about. who knows how to work with secondary players like Sean Wade is in a great spot. Now well, I am. For- I
1: am. You have no idea how ecstatic I am that Sean Wade is going there, especially because he plays slot corner. And we know when he tried playing outside his final year, he was God awful. But when he was a slot corner, he was a consensus first round. Yep. Like, so to go to new England, right where he can play that role, especially in that secondary learning from those guys, just for Sean Wade, just to talk like that is the best thing that could have happened to him. I know Baltimore is good, but this is literally like, this is a match made in heaven. And I think that's the Patriots. This is an absolute steal uh, for them. I think this is such a great move. And I I'm honestly still kind of in shock why the Ravens did it. I, I know you kind of defended saying he wouldn't make the team and stuff, but.
0: Oh, I'm not defending it. Whatever. I'm not. Oh, you're not. Def- you're kind of giving like a reason maybe. For I'm pretty sure that's why, I mean, there's no other reason to trade a rookie. Especially one who you this like. This is like the first time I've
1: ever seen this too. Like I, I I haven't had any, you know, or I haven't heard of anything that's like been this kind of big. Cause Sean Wade is kind of a big name. He was a big name for this class for a while. Yeah. Uh so to hear that, I was also taken aback. I just I don't get it. Like I I'm
0: kind of yeah. I'm kind of weird. And they didn't out. even get a whole ton back for him. Yeah. Like the return was, was not huge. I think it was like a late round pick and I think uh, it was a late round pick this year, a late round pick next year, like sure. fifth or sixth. Yeah. I think it was
1: sixth and a
0: seventh or something and so like i i believe wade was a fifth round pick this year so they turn a fifth into a fifth and a six those like you're getting some value back but i i I find it unbelievable to believe that they could not find room on their roster for a rookie cornerback who had been looking great in the preseason yeah that's it i've no there's just no way i don't get like and i get it yeah you got some
1: value but again even then right you you're i when drafting a player. I don't care which round it is. You have the hopes you've broken down his film. You've studied him, right? You've invested something into him and to not even give him a shot, his rookie year versus maybe a veteran that just hasn't lived up to his expectations. I, that's, that's, that's a questionable call. Like in the NFL, you never see something like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've seen undrafted rookies get cut, but this, or not make the team, but this,
0: this is this one, this one is, a little bit puzzling yeah basically. and then i mean they knew he was he would get poached off a practice squad but i i just i find it hard to believe that they could not find a spot for him on the real roster yeah so question i, I mean, think the Patriots been,
1: got yeah, now like you know there's they've been they've made some buzz in a kind of in a weird light especially with the first receivers now dobbins now this i don't know i mean you know they're still they're still don't get me wrong they're still a great team on paper and i think they're 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 a playoff contender for sure mm-hmm. and, But some of these moves are a little bit questionable. And I mean, now, you know, again, you know, for the Ravens as a whole, I mean, like if their secondary starts to have some questions, maybe some injuries, oh, how bad this is going to look.
0: That's true. I mean, all it takes is one Marcus Peters injury to make them regret this trade instantly or one playoff game against the Patriots where Sean Wade picks off Lamar Jackson once yeah, Like there's a real good chance if the Ravens make the playoffs, they could be playing the Patriots. And- oh, 100%. Yeah. Those, those two teams. And I think this,
1: oh man, i like that. This is just making me like improve my Patriots stock even more. Like I, yep. and my, I mean, again, the Ravens are a team that I could see missing the playoffs just because of yep. how loaded
0: the AFC. That was, was one of my hot takes is that like, I wasn't saying it was going to happen, but I was saying I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens, if like, I think I said only one AFC North team makes the playoffs, both the Steelers and the Ravens miss. Yeah. Like this,
1: this a like i think this is probably the most loaded afc conference like in terms of top to bottom that i've ever seen like uh, in my time watching real time football like we've always mentioned how the nfc has so many teams I think the AFC as a whole is a way better conference. Like, just look at, even in the preseason, did you see, like, NFC teams are, like, four and, like, 28 in the games that they've played against... I, the don't, I
0: don't put stocks into...
1: I would, I put a little bit of that into just... Even, I know it's backups and stuff, but I think the AFC itself is a considerably better conference than the NFC right now, I from top to bottom. I think it is. Like, um, aside from the Bucks, right, I think teams two till... Maybe you know five or six. I'd say most are AFC. Like I. Well, I mean, we
0: might as well do it. Bucks. Yeah. Or you have Bucks at one.
1: Yeah, obviously because they won the Super Bowl. I yeah, put I mean. Kansas City at two. Um, Buffalo. At, Buffalo. I put at Buffalo three. at three. At four,
0: I would either put Cleveland or Tennessee, and then. Uh, you, you're putting both. You're putting Tennessee, like Cleveland. I understand Tennessee over the Rams.
1: Just because I don't I don't know what they're doing with Henderson and Michelle. And obviously their defense, they lost John Johnson and Troy Hill. Well, and um, Staley. Yeah. I, yeah. And I, mean, I also, see it. Huh? I see it, but they also brought in also, back. and then also Stafford. I there's there's still a question mark there, right? I yeah. as much as you know we he can we can say he's more talented than Goff, there's still a question. So yeah, I would say Cleveland and Tennessee and Rams are kind of in that same tier. And then I think um then you can maybe put Green Bay, but I would also you know, I don't know. Like with Green
0: Bay, I just think in my eyes, they're a 10-11 win team this year. I think just like I uh, like I have I think I, I've said this before. I have the Browns like preseason pick winning the Super Bowl, but like I still think the Rams right now are a better team than the Browns. Like I'd probably go Buck, I'd probably go Bucks. I guess I'll just put Kansas Buffalo. City Buffalo, but like flip it as much as you want. I'd probably go the Rams there, Cleveland, Green Bay tennessee dolphins patriots in some order maybe but you see also, how how
1: most of them no no yeah playing.
0: also yeah. throw the niners in there Ooh. um i think yeah i mean get the, the niners, saints the- in there somewhere too like yeah. but no I, I guess like you're there are legitimately i think 10 or 11 teams
1: in the afc that can make noise in the playoffs like 10 yeah. or 11 maybe like okay i would i know i'll just throw them out there because yeah. kind of ended up i would say the chiefs the bills uh the titans the browns the um uh the Dolphins the Patriots the
0: Chargers uh did we did I miss you haven't said the Colts I know you love your I do I
1: even with all the injuries I'm still gonna throw them out there the Colts that was the one I was kind of waiting on what is that eight um I said uh there's like there's three in the AFC oh I didn't even mention the Ravens or the Steelers uh so that's those are another two the Broncos is also another one there's just so many like
0: yeah we're really seeing the league round itself out which is it's really fun to see really good and that's why any, it's like, you're team. right. Like teams like a couple of years ago when the dolphins w- did not have a great season, but they finished the, the end of the season by rattling off some wins. Like they're one of the worst, they were one of the worst teams in the league that year, but they made a lot of noise still. Like that's what I'm and saying. you're going to have that this year. Some teams like maybe the, say the bangles are not going to have a very good record, but they're not a bad team at all.
1: Yeah.
0: That's, it's a much how the NFL is. And I think, I remember I said last year, like,
1: 28 teams could legitimately say they have a chance at the playoffs I said that last year except for like I said Detroit I think I said Jacksonville I think I said New York yeah. and I can't remember the fourth one I think it was Cincinnati but yeah those were like I thought like aside from those every team had
0: a chance but yeah the bottom yeah. of the league is far improved from the five years ago couple of years ago even yeah and, and we're gonna see yeah. that when yeah Like, I feel like it's not as much as the top teams in the league are getting, like, even better. And, like, just the apex of the NFL is so much better than it was a couple years ago. I just think that the whole league is kind of rounding itself out and closing that gap from the bottom to the top. 100%. And it causes so many issues. And that's why, like, we might be wrong on players or teams a lot of the time, but it's not because they're – it's like if a team ends up with a bad record, it's not because they're bad. It's just because, you know, the league is – extremely competitive and yeah. it's it's really fun to watch and that's why the nfl is so much different than any other and league.
1: that's why i think the nfl is superior to anything else
0: i mean you watch i mean the baltimore orioles in, in baseball just they had a streak where they lost 19 games in a row Yeah, like it just not like the level of competition from top to bottom is no closer in any other league than the nfl and it's it's really fun to see but we had, one, we had one more topic on this, on, on the episode. We can go over it kind of quickly. I haven't talked about Sam Darnold basically all season. I wanted off season. to get a Sam Darnold topic, and I, I was like, you know what? Go ahead. I totally, I'll totally let you. Like, he had, so he he got to play one half in their last preseason game for the Panthers got the entire first half. Wasn't, like, incredibly impressed, but it looked better than the Sam Darnold that I've seen in the past, and it's because they've got him playing in a whole different role, and it makes sense for what they have. There was a tweet I saw from the, uh, David Newton, who's the ESPN beat reporter for the, the Panthers. He said, Sam Darnold's 25 pass attempts in the first half, okay, it was against Pittsburgh, traveled an average air yards of 4.6 yards. That's, That's that is ridiculously low. And he had a great completion percentage for like 120 yards. It, it, he, he's got this whole new role where they've got the weapons around him, unlike what the Jets had. And when they bring in Christian McCaffrey to that fold too, They're and and the defense. They're just going to need Sam Darnold to be that game manager. And while I think Sam Darnold's a great quarterback, and and I've thought that he could have been so much more, and now he's kind of being relegated to the game manager role. I feel like it makes sense for where he is right now, and I feel like it's it's a role that he can play successfully. And he does that for a lot of the half, and then he ends the half with that uh, terrific back uh, back shoulder touchdown to Robbie Anderson. I feel like that's a really smart role. And that's really like realistically exactly what Ryan Tannehill was doing in Tennessee as he started. He played that role and that opened up some of the more explosive plays where you don't have to ask Sam Darnold to make those wow plays every single play like he was trying to do with the Jets. But you start him off by that as that game manager. And by the end and at the end of a half, give him one, two, three tries I really think that could be a a successful role for Darnold. Um, And I think it's, it's a smart move by Carolina. I'm going to keep it like short. I I think what
1: you've said is true. I would just say the main thing, if I'm the Panthers, I want to keep Sam Darnold in the pocket. Like he tried to make so many of these like, you know, heroic plays outside and yeah, sometimes he'd connect right back with New York. We saw some of those throws to Barrios, right. Against the Colts and the Niners, but like you'd also get, just some terrible interceptions or terrible plays. If I'm them, I want to keep Sam Darnold in the pocket. That's just what I would want to do. I think that's just the main thing I would say. And you're right. Like, you know, some of those throws he had the one to Robbie Anderson, I was really impressed with. I thought it was a good throw. I just think, you know, now with Carolina, you have those downfield weapons though with DJ Moore and Robbie uh, and even T Marsh, right? Terrence Marshall. So it's hard to kind of see Darnold be in that role. And, you know, it's hard for him to elevate those three guys, but honestly, we just have to wait and see how this offense looks because Christian McCaffrey is going to get that huge role, right? Like he always does. And you know, how is Darnold going to kind of, is he going to elevate this offense as how it looks? No, not really. He's just going to kind of keep him afloat as a game manager, but I would like to see him develop. Hopefully like, you know, I know some of his mechanics have been shot through in the first three years here, but I would like to see if Matt rule could kind of use him and develop him a little bit more in Carolina. That would be what I'd like to see. Cause Again, you know, I was never the biggest fan of his game in USC or in New York, but I think here he's got a real shot. I've, I thought any quarterback who went to Carolina would have a real shot just because of the offense they have around him. And unfortunately it was Darnold, but I think he could really, uh, I think he could really turn it around here if they
0: keep him in the pocket. That's the main, that's my main thing. I I just think he escapes. I think right now, like he's probably going to play that role. Like it's not Kirk cousins exactly, but in New York the Jets needed Sam Darnold to make all the plays like the offense they would have a good day when he had a good day and I feel like in Carolina they've got Robbie Anderson DJ Moore Terrace Marshall a pretty decent offensive line and Christian McCaffrey and that defense that can win those you know, low scoring games it, he's just got to play safe football he's gonna be a game manager I'll bet to start it off and I and I, I think that if that works out that'll open up things for him and they'll open up the offense just a little bit more get him on the run on a bootleg uh in an easy completion and then let him open it up uh maybe try and make one or two big plays to, to score some points but it is kind of a tough pill to swallow that we're going to have to I'm going to have to see him be a little bit pedestrian he's going to be limited mostly because like he hasn't earned the opportunity to be anything more he hasn't and and I yep. and I'll, I and I'll that. admit that unselfishly he has not earned a whole lot in his first couple of years, but I do think that this can be a successful role for him. Of course, going to be watching it the whole way. going to be rooting for him. And I think that if it, I do, th- I, believe, I do Ironically,
1: think, they play the Jets uh week. One. Yeah. So, <laughs> Which is so funny to me. It's the Jack Smith game. That's what I wrote it down as.
0: <laughs> yeah. So my, my dad went to Vegas and I asked him to put down like a little bet for me. And I was like doing a little parlay and I was flip flopping like, Jets, Panthers, Jets, Panthers, Jets, Panthers. I'm like, I think the Jets are pretty good. The Panthers are really good. Do I actually trust Sam enough? I went with the Jets just because like, I wanted to be a little bit faithful and because I was a little hesitant about whether Darnold could get it. And then at the last second, I asked him to take it off, uh, and, and he did because I, I, after I saw you know all this stuff with game manager Sam and all of that, I, I do think the Panthers can be a really good team, and Me it's too. not going to take Sam being that amazing quarterback that maybe I once thought he could be um and I hope he can just kind of build his way up like that quarterback ranking list earn a little bit of respect kind of like Ryan Tannehill did um and so this I'm seems like a him. whole
1: like full circle coming to an end with this whole Sam Darnold arguments that we've had like
0: it, <laughs> hearing you say that I feel like it's like
1: I feel like finally coming to that stopping point
0: yeah you and I are probably in the same spot right now as yeah. like when it comes to him oh yeah that which is really really ironic considering
1: how different we were on him when he came into the league which is so cool but yeah three years just fly by man
0: yeah well we hope you guys enjoyed this episode if you're listening on youtube please consider uh leaving a like leaving a comment letting us know what you thought and hitting the subscribe button if you're on apple podcasts spotify or anywhere else where you find your podcasts uh please consider following the show and leaving a five-star rating if you really enjoyed the episode uh We'll be back next week with all three of us with a really big episode picks for the first time this season. We're super excited to get into it. Football is so close. We will see you guys next week. We've been the cold hard truth podcast. Thank you so much.